one of you is the monster. Monster? We're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are a, a very, very British, British horror. horror. What are we looking at tonight, Paul? We are looking at the 1957 film Night of the Demon. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. Uh, this is, a, of course, an adaption of the M.R. James short story, Casting the Runes. And, in fact, is the only M.R. James adaption ever to make it into the cinema, I think. Yeah, it could be. If you, unless you count Drag Me to Hell, which apparently you're not supposed to. Okay. Why uh, would you count that? Okay, well, Drag Me to Hell basically uses the same plot as Night of the Demon. Oh, okay. So it's considered to be a very loose adaption. I, I'm informed. I was going to watch it, but then I thought... I can't be bear to watch this. It's not no. no, so I didn't. But no. but anyway, I think it's supposed to count if you got a very wide definition. Okay. But it's not British anyway, so we're not interested in that. We're interested in the British horror film Night of the Demon. But was it British or was it American? Yeah, no, it's British. Yeah, okay. I just thought I'd throw a bit of <laughs> an element of doubt in there. I mean, the, the only thing is that the director, um, and we're going to continually pronounce his name totally incorrectly. Jack Tourner. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I didn't even attempt any, any French there, Chris. Uh, no, I didn't, no. <laughs> um, he was, he was a, a, a French-American person, so... And um, he came um, to prominence in the 40s, I think. Yep, he worked alongside Val Luton on things like Cat People and... I um, Walked with a Zombie. I Walked with a Zombie. So, f- uh, f- f- fine American horror films of the, uh, of an earlier era. But it, yep. But, yeah, and of course that means that this film has a completely different film to the British horror gothic um, films that we're kind of used to and which were um, only just beginning in, in, yep. in this period That's right. um, with Curse of Frankenstein I think slightly predating but probably that's it for the, yeah. the gothic British horror. I, I would say this film has more in common with a lot of the, the uh, thriller type films well, almost. And, and I was thinking of the two Quatermass movies that Hammer did in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So I think I think, I think from a, there's a different vibe, a kind of more golden age of cinema vibe uh, to this film than, than a lot of the films we watch. But it makes a nice change, really. Okay. Uh, um. Anyway, shall we shall we um talk Would, about the plot? Yeah. Do you want to do a quick, quick brief rundown of the plot? Oh, and again, as usual, spoilers for a film that's over fifty years old. Yes. Um. So it starts off with uh, Morris Denham. We love Morris Denham. Yep. Oh, playing a, a, prefer, a, a, a playing a, um, a, a very um, uh, agitated man arrives at the house of uh, a Carswell. Yep. Um, who is uh, clearly some kind of rich guy, and um, he begs Carswell's forgiveness. Morris Denham begs Carswell's. Forgiveness and um, Coswell, who's played by the actor Noel McGuinness, um, basically says, "Yep, absolutely, everything's fine. You know, I accept your your um, I accept your apology." And um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, Morris Denham um, says, "Oh, call it off, call it off." Yep. And um, uh, but he can't. 
uh, he you can sort of see that Coswell can't, but he's very clever about it. And just sells and sends him home and tells him not to worry about it. And um, he goes home and just puts his car in his garage when he's attacked by a massive monster. Um, oh, by the way, someone today, uh, a guy called Richmond Clements, who's a very fine comic writer, he um, he said that he hates it when podcast people try to do banter, so we mustn't try and do that. Okay. Okay. And he he listens to our podcast. Obviously. I I, I, I no. <laughs> he never specifically says he did, <laughs> but but he has specifically expressed a dislike and, and of he, banter. Okay, and he's an authority because he's a, he's a, he listens to podcasts. I listen to podcasts and I like banter, so he's wrong. Okay, sorry, Richmond. We're going to try and do banter, <laughs> but you know, not football-related banter, obviously. Um, yeah. Okay, so we go back to the plot of Night of yeah. the Demon. Um, yeah, so there's there, there's this uh, American guy um, who's called Holden. Holden, yeah. Yeah, who who um, is a, a version of the character Dunning in the, uh, the short story. Um, but he's um, being annoyed when he's trying to sleep by this woman behind him who's trying to work. She is pretty annoying, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 um, I'd be, ter- I'm terrified of flying. I'd know where I'd be able to sleep. I'd be just like her, <laughs> not like the others, all happily in the land of nod. Uh, no, and um, and her, 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 is that is that the point where where Dana Andrews, where Holden is is asleep, and he's got um, he's got a newspaper over his head. Oh yeah, and doesn't it say something like? Um, it effectively just has a big headline saying "Scientist goes to convention." Oh, it was the, so, the picture of him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I kind of think it must have been a very slow news day that day. <laughs> Scientist goes to science convention. Um, okay. Well, I, yeah, the the, the information is a very eminent scientist. Love yeah. It's very lucky to be receiving a visit from such a man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not the sort of thing that make the front page these days. But you it's don't not, know. It's not going to make Heat magazine, is it? Um, no, 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 no. Although he could be sort of a celebrity. Um, they arrive in um, London, and whoa! Sorry, um, so, sorry, Holden, uh, Doctor Holden. Um, but your host, who was none other than Professor Harrington, yep. has gone and died. So uh, that's a bit of a, a shame. But don't worry, the big conference on what a load of nonsense the supernatural is is going ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Holden's kind of like a, a a 50s Richard Dawkins, isn't he? Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not as lovable, but yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, and. Um, then, then um, they. Oh, my memory's a bit hazy about this kind of ex- exposition that happens next. But um, it, it turns okay. out that um, obviously Harrington was doing an investigation into Carswell, but Holden wants to carry on doing it. And why is he doing an investigation into Carswell? Because I don't think we've mentioned that. What what he's investigating Carswell for? Uh, running his own cult, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it's running a witchcraft cult and claiming to be a magician of some sort. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, I think uh, Carswell rings up Holden and says, "I'll okay, so, and, and Holden says, oh, "I'm sorry, I am absolutely dead set on doing this expose." Yeah. And and um, well, that annoys Carswell. Yep. Um, and then um, I can't remember if, if exactly exactly when it happens, but. But um, the the woman from the plane turns out to be Joanna Harrington, uh, Professor Harrington's niece. Yeah. Um, in the original story, it would have, the character the equivalent is Harrington's brother. <laughs> uh, one thing, I mean, that's because there weren't an awful lot of women in a lot of M. R. James stories, were there? Yeah. So, so this so is. So I guess enough. this is try- they're trying to put a bit of glam and a bit of a love interest, I suppose. Well, as as well as giving. Well, there's really a couple, there's actually actually there's an, there's an, there's another significant female character who's yes. been invented for this film, which we'll come to in a minute. But yeah, so that that that's that's quite good actually, changing the balance. And and it is, so, I mean, it is following the story, the M.R. James story. The only thing that um, is different is that's really significantly different is the um, the um, American lead character. Yeah, I mean he. he, he He's broadly similar to the character of Dunning in the in 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 the book who in, in the short story who has written a um, who has who, who's sin there is that he's um, he's turned Carswell's um, uh, academic paper down, <laughs> but um, actually um, in both cases the action then moves to the British Library yeah. in the original Amadeus story and in this film. And um, um, they actually film outside the British Library as well. Not the British Library, British Museum. It's the British Museum. It's the it? British Museum Library in the British Museum. The library in the British. But the See, that, the, out, that, the outside of the British Museum is actually the British Museum, which is quite unusual, because nowadays it, I don't, you tend not to get things filmed outside the British Museum. So obviously that was they were a bit more open to filming in those days. Although they just stood in the street. No, but they film a car driving into the front, which obviously you can't really do particularly now. Okay, so that's 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 pretty cool. So there we go. That's, Didn't that's your place of work have to stand in for the British British Museum? It, it did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how come you're an expert on the filming industry <laughs> of the British It did, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Um, anyway, there's some business. Car- Carswell... Carswell meets him there. ...and contrives to... Um, Get Holden's papers knocked over, and then gives him the papers back. You know, which yeah. is not that evil a thing to do, or is it? Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Remind me what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. I mean, broadly speaking, I mean, hopefully everyone's seen this. I mean, broadly speaking, what 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 later. Oh, they go. They go to Carswell's house. They go to they go to Carswell's house to to just I can't remember why exactly now something to do. And Carswell is is doing a uh, uh, holding a Halloween children's party. Yeah. And uh, dressed as a clown, he's doing some party tricks, producing a lot of puppies from 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 a hat to give to children. Which I'm sure there were films at school that warned you about. That sort of thing. <laughs> um, uh. So, 
they they basically have a, have a bit of a chat to Carswell, and Carswell basically says, "No, I'm the real deal. I'm a magician. I can call up demons and do all kinds of things." And Holden's definitely saying, "No, don't be silly. It's rubbish." And I'm still going to go ahead and uh, tell you. Uh, at which point, Carswell decides to demonstrate it by by getting a, a doing something which causes the wind to to get up significantly and then everyone from the party has to disappear off because it's blowing everything all over the place. They retreat to the house and at that point Carswell uh, proceeds to tell Holden the exact time and date of his death. Um, yeah. Um, which is about three oh, days from... Yes. <laughs> uh, and also we're, we're sort of, although she was introduced earlier on, we're also introduced to, to Carswell's mother. Indeed. Mrs. Uh, Carswell. Mrs. Mrs. Carswell, who um, you're not quite sure whether she's in on the conspiracy or not. No. For a large part of the film, that the mean Carswell's dark deeds. Um, yes. And yeah. so, so, so you've got these two. Um, and that makes Carswell instantly suspicious in my book. In that a, a, a clearly middle-aged man with with a slightly dodgy beard. Living with his mother in a, in a massive house. In a massive house, it is a bit suspicious. Mm. And so, and and uh, I, I should just mention because uh, I think we said before that uh, the character of uh, um, Jada Harrington is played by uh, Peggy Cummins, who was a, an, an Irish act- actress who had been yeah. famous in for uh, playing planks of wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had a successful st- uh, stint in, in Holly- Hollywood and and. Uh, Successful stint in um, emphasis on the, the the wood part of Holly Hollywood. See what I'm getting at? You're not that impressed with her ability. <laughs> no. I, I watched this, this film. With terrible. My, I watched this film with my wife, and um, during the first scene, um, my wife said, "Oh, she's just like Marilyn Monroe," and I I think that was referring more to the the fashion of the day yes. than maybe the hairstyle. Than, than, than the, unfortunately, the, the actual the charisma was uh, decidedly yeah. lacking. But, yeah, I think um, she, yeah it was a film called Gun Crazy in in America, been popular, um, and, and uh, she's still alive. I think she retired from acting many years ago, but she she's oh, okay. She, she she's she's still alive. Um, Peggy Cummins, um, and the uh, character of Carswell's mother was uh, like initially she appears kind of an old silly woman. Uh, but maybe with a, with a, with a good heart, and uh, or, yeah. or possibly not, but but maybe yeah. uh, she's played by an actress called Athene a- Sailor. Sailor, uh, not an actress in whose work I'm familiar with. Yeah, but you know, I, I mean, so so um, she's effectively not not a character that's in the short story. I say, show my ignorance of the story here. No, 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 no. Carl, Carl, Carl doesn't live with his mother in the. In the shop. Yeah. Um, in, in fact, this whole scene is done differently. This whole scene in the uh, in, in in the um, uh, in, in the original story doesn't feature uh, the Holden slash Dunning character mm. at all, or or indeed the other Harrington. But it's like a, a a local legend of what, like relayed by um. 
Carswell's neighbours about what an awful person he is because um, right. he, he's conducted some kind of horrible magic lantern show for the, for the children of the village. Okay. Um, and, and the idea was, uh, he said, was to like have a party for them, but really what he was doing is he got upset with them trespassing on his grounds and had and then resolved to scare them <laughs> by showing them horrible things. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, 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 and that is an indication of the difference between the Carswell of the short story and the Carswell yeah. of the Night of the Demon. Uh, well, well is this a good point to then talk about the character of Carswell and well, Nar- so we, we, Nar- Guinness and how he, he plays him? We, yeah, so this, this, this scene with the party and the, the, the demonstration of his magical power with the wind and the way, the way, the way he go, he can be really nice and polite and engaging, but also he can be quite horrible and rude and standoffish. And how he can like shock you by being nice and happy and friendly and then saying you're going to die in three days. By the way, yeah, but he does that in quite. I, I, I like about it is he does that in quite a matter of fact sort of way. Hmm. So again, he's he's not. It doesn't come across as him being particularly impolite or or difficult or or. Being particularly nasty. What I love, and I think it's a fantastic performance because it is just, just pitched absolutely perfect. And, and, and this scene, especially, I think, is is really good. Well, because there's 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 none of the. Um, I mean, obviously, we we in our previous episode we were talking about um, Devil Rides Out, Devil Rides Out, which is about a, a devil cult led by Charles Gray, Gray's character Macarthur. And just, so just and this powerful is a similar magician. powerful magician at the head of a, a cult, um, and the two the two are played very very differently. I mean, obviously Charles Gray is very larger than life, very uh, over the top and theatrical. In and a lot his, of ways. his character is very one dimensional. He's very pantomime yeah. villainy. Yes. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas Carswell is played much more almost realistically. Um, a much more pitched, a much more, um, a, a much sort of steady sort of level, if you like. There's uh, no, not really any hamminess or no, and, and it's not too theatrical. And I think it's more sinister for that. I, 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 I think he does really evil stuff. He knows he's killing people. Yeah, uh, but, but there's, there is, and he's really unforgiving about it as well. There's no remorse or anything. No, but. But he's but he's delightfully kind of polite and charming at the same time, and and, and there's a there's a bit of a um a side to it which we'll come on to 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 to, to later. But I mean uh, the two. I mean let's let's be honest. I mean you've criticised Peggy Cummins, I can't. But um, Dana Andrews is pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's he's not very believable. He's completely uh, as I mean, a scientist. I have to say, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. It stretches the the um, credibility. I mean, clearly, the they plot, wanted beyond breaking point by putting it by putting his kind of character in this film. Yeah, I can imagine that Dana Andrews probably used to playing gangsters private, or private investigators. Yeah. you get the impression that at some he, point he, he might slug Carswell of, out. Film star walk where he sways like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sways his arms, it's a, and he's quite uh, sleazy in a lot of well, bits as well. Well, it? because because he's he's clearly he's clearly in middle age. I mean, yeah, uh, he'd been a young action film star, but this wasn't that time. The, uh, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, his um, kind of leering over Peggy Cummins, yeah. who is actually young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 
it, there's a bit where he's, he's sort of leering at her and saying that she's very pretty, but the way he says it is really kind of like, ah, oh. <laughs> you horrible old man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it, it, you do keep thinking there might be a fist fight breakout at any point when he's in any of the scenes he's in. Yeah, <laughs> which he would be quite good at. You could see he'd yeah. be used to that. But uh, so, um, just getting back to Carswell for a little bit. Do you want me to tell you who 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 he reminded me of? Yes, absolutely. With with, with the with the way he he acted and his sort of demeanour and manner, he is a supernatural Doctor Fraser Crane. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely reminded me of Fraser Crane. Yeah, I, I I can I can absolutely see I can absolutely see that. Maybe a little a little twist to Sideshow Bob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a very apt parallel. Um I, I, but back to the the, the 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 plot. Um so um there's oh so there's more exposition, I think. Well the, this is the point when I think it's revealed that the that um Carswell has given him the the, the runic symbols on the piece of paper. Uh, yeah, yeah, they they they, fi- they find that, and um, the and, and that's that's explained what what the, the significance of that is. Yes, and um, so it, that's the runic symbols are, are, are the parchment of what are going to bring about the death of the person who has the symbols, uh, and is yeah. clearly what's killed um, Professor Harrington. Yeah, but um, the the, the get out clause. Is that um, if Holden gives the symbols back, um, passes them back unknowingly to Carswell, Carswell is going to be ripped apart by the demon rather than rather than Holden. Yeah. Um, I mean that that that's isn't that a theme that's used a couple of times in M. R. James stories? That kind of idea that something has to be passed to someone else in in a in an almost secret way. Thinking, what's the what's the story with the with the book, there's a book in 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 a, in a church, and and the 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 guy in the church is is trying to sell it to the to the main character who's interested. I can't remember which. Is that the un, the uncommon prayer book? No. Oh oh no 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 no! One. I know the one with the with the with the big hairy monster. Yes. Oh uh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll 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 look that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I read that one. Um, yeah, and, there's a <clears throat> and the guy thinks he's got a really good deal because because the 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 canon or whoever he is in the in canon Alberic scrapbook. Is it that one? Yeah, that's it. Yes, because <laughs> yes. he he thinks he's got a really good idea deal because the the guy in the 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 church has sold it to him really cheaply. But it's a similar idea, and I wonder if that that's a sort of uh, uh, I think that's something that seems I, I to be was, a, a little bit. I see what you mean. I was thinking of the crown from um, a warning to the curious as well. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it's something that that is used a few times. But, you know, this idea that things have to be given back. Yeah. In, in secret. Yeah. Well, in, in a warning to the curious, he puts the crown back and it doesn't do him any good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The. Um, the other thing as well, which I think is uh, 
so which is quite interesting about this 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 film is that in fact the whole thing Holden is very dead against this every, uh, yeah the whole he's very rationalist yeah so he's saying it's a load of nonsense and even when Carswell's explained the thing about the runes and he's got the runes and that kind of stuff that that he just says don't be stupid I'm not going to die don't be ridiculous it's, it's a load of old nonsense but we as the audience are put in quite a weird position because because we know that it's all real because earlier on we've seen Harrington get hunted down by demon. a demon and killed. So we're in a really odd position because we, we the hero of the piece, Holden, is steadfastly saying it's all a load of nonsense. But we as the audience from the outset know that that's not true. Well and I guess there's a certain Which is quite which is quite There is a dramatic tension to that. But yeah. also it makes the character less sympathetic. Yeah. Whenever you have a, a main character that's just wrong, plainly wrong, and you yeah. can, everyone can see he's wrong, then I think audience sympathy completely dissipates. Which is quite an odd <laughs> thing to do, for, especially for a 50s film, where you have got a hero that, mm. that you're supposed to be rooting for. And I think that's a really odd odd thing to do. And I imagine it well, was... Well, it, it, can't, it, can't, it, it was can't, a, I, I can see that it was a, a deliberate choice. Well, it comes out of his character, which yeah. I guess you'd have to do it that way. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, and, 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 and his kind of character development is he comes to accept that it's true. Yeah. Uh, so he comes, he opens his eyes to the supernatural world. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, but it's a journey that's slightly beyond Dana Andrews. <laughs> but the, the actual writing probably works. Yeah. The screenwriting. But yeah, I, I I thought that was quite an interesting um, way of well. So what you've what you've, what you've got is a hero who's who who who's just ignorance because it is yeah you can you know yeah. It, yeah. it's making him unsympathetic and um, a villain whose um, engaging personality is making him sympathetic yeah so, so uh, and and um, the, Various other films have tried that as well, and it does work quite nicely, and, yeah. it, and it works very nicely. Yeah. But I think it's quite unusual for a film around this sort of period to do something like that. Well, um, Touch of Evil, sorry yeah. to get a bit, <laughs> a bit film studies, but um, <laughs> Touch of Evil, the Orson Welles film noir, which is also late 50s, basically does the same thing, I think, where you've got Charlton Heston, who's playing a hero but you don't like him at all and also right. Wells is playing the villain whom you think is great <laughs> um, and do you know I didn't really enjoy Touch of Evil even though it's obviously a great film yeah. for, for that reason yeah. it's really difficult to watch a film where you don't like the hero yeah because <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean the, antag the uh, antagonist um, can be sympathetic but they have it's, it's 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 a very different um, dynamic if that's the case because it's yeah. not because you're not following their journey they're kind of interacting with the uh, protagonist. Yeah. Know, so so um, actually, I think Night of the Demon is one of the examples of where it actually doesn't unbalance the film. No. Where 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 where, where, where I think it can be really hard to watch films that are set up. Like well, again, this. because because I think Carswell's not out and out evil. Well, no, because he's ambitious. But but again, going back to the scene with the children and the party, he's um, I, I, I he's think clearly he, doing that because 
it, it's something he enjoys doing. Which, which, is, like, which say, is like you said, is at odds with the with the book, with the story. Uh, no, but, but I think it's the core to his character. Yeah. As as we go on, um, he he he's, he, he has this scene with his with his mother, quite a short yeah. scene, where she's like, "This has got to stop because she knows what's happened to Harrington. That he's yeah. probably done it, and that she knows yeah. that something bad is going to happen to Holden." And um, he he's like, um, "I can't stop, mother. If I stop, it won't be them. It'll be me." Yeah. <laughs> So and he looks haunted in that. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I think he knows. Right for a start, he knows that he's at risk. Yeah. Because the 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 the, the forces invoked could always be turned back against him. But he 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 also is trapped by the wealth and position, the head of this cult, massive house yeah. and stuff. And it says there's a bit where he says that my followers who pay for all this. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's like it's yeah. not his. It's, no. it's his position no, as the head exactly. of the cult, and he's got to maintain it. And so he's trapped yeah. in that position. And that's so. So, so he's almost a nice guy forced into being a villain by his own greed, has sent in that way. Yeah. Which um, you, you know, Devil rides out. Possibly um, the position of uh, Mokata yeah. is similar. But he's not got any doubt about it. He's just like, yeah, yeah. brilliant, the devil, brilliant. But awesome. But but uh, you know, they, um, Car- Carswell isn't like that. He's a much no. more three-dimensional yeah. person. He's, and he obviously does get plagued by guilt and doubt. Yeah, and it's brilliant performance by Nile McGuinness to it show is, that. Yeah. What what do we? What else was Nile McGuinness famous for? Is it? Is this his biggest role or? Um, no, um, but in horror terms, um, this is it. Yeah. And in, um, although he is in a supporting role in Island of Terror, which uh, oh yes, is one of one, one is, is a favourite of mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but which and single-handedly gave the uh, tin spaghetti industry a boost the year that was made. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, he he worked with Olivier, uh, a small role in Harry V. He, he plays Zeus in Jason and the Argonauts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah. Um, so he was in a lot of films over over, over the period of his career, eighties. Is it? Oh my goodness, he was in the Edge of the World. Um, oh, I love the Edge of the World. <laughs> Um, the Edge of the World is a, a Michael Powell film uh, set on a remote Scottish island, uh, oh, right. which Michael Powell made um, at the start of his career in, in, in the 1930s, and which stars John Laurie. Okay. Um, and of, and and it seems Nile McGuinness oh, in a small role. In yeah. Note, yeah. Um, I have the I have this on DVD. It's it's, it's brilliant, but um, I didn't recognise him from it. Yeah, so he was a fantastic. He, he was a fantastic actor, but he, yeah. th- this was one of uh, one of his m- most significant roles. I mean, I'm looking at his. Um, uh, I'm obviously looking at Wikipedia, <laughs> looking at his filmography. <laughs> but, but, Don't um, give away the secrets. <laughs> and you just, you know, he was in, he was in Olivier's Hamlet as well. So, yeah. Um, but oh, and Hammers the Viking Queen, and and Amicus's Torture Garden. I knew he was in Torture Garden, actually. He's in one of the sequences, is there? But yeah. um, I think I, I have a feeling that in a, n- a number of these films, he um, he fades a little bit into the to the background. I think this was a real showpiece. For yeah, him. 
it's actually unbelievable, really, that the actor that gives this performance in Night of the Demon should be playing uh, a supporting role in Island of Terror just a few yeah. a few a few years later. I, I, the main character Island of Terror is um, obviously played by Peter Cushing, and, and by that time, and it's a it's a Terence Fisher film, and not a Hammer film, yeah. obviously, but it's Terence, directed by Terence Fisher, um, and by that time. I think Night of the Demon must have been, and the whole idea of the the sort of film that Night of the Demon was had gone completely, yeah. and he was, um, um, he so he had nothing to cash in on. Whereas yeah. Peter Cushing, Van Helsing, and Frankenstein was just you know he, the money was rolling in really. Yeah, I guess he was just he, he caught in the right trend, whereas Niall McGuinness wasn't. But that doesn't um, mean this is a bad film, of course. No, no. Uh, and, and this wasn't the only ghost story. Uh, well, I mean, it's it's not a ghost story, but it's, it's by the master of ghost stories. But yeah. the the innocence. Yeah. Um, I think which followed on in 1960 was so, yeah. uh, a beautiful adaption of Turn of the Screw, uh, and and that kind of is much more in common with this film. Uh, yeah. Well, Turn of the Screw is obviously quite similar. Well, sort of similar to M. I. James' ghost stories. It's a, uh, um, uh, 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 but then, then it kind of peters out. Maybe co- the kind of gaudy colour of the gothics. That just this is no. Yeah. I mean, with Devil Rides Out, the same sort of story, but it's also bright and colourful. <laughs> it's yeah. not scary. <laughs> yeah. And 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 it, it's it's not threatening. It just looks beautiful. Yeah. And, and this film, Night of the Demon, shows us black and white is the way to do this. But well, one of the one of the ways. Yeah. I think. Um, when when you get to the other M.R. James TV adaptions, they had that kind of haunting sort of sixty millimeter film yeah. colour, which is not gaudy in any way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, shadows and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's the way to do M.R. James. Um, okay. Okay. So th- after leaving the 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 party, uh, they go back to um, Har- Harrington. I can't remember what her first name is. Have you skipped back to the uh, <laughs> the, the, the children's party? No, I'm just, you're just saying the bit. This is the bit afterwards where they they go back to the hotel. Didn't we say? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, so, they do. so Holden goes back to his hotel. There's a little sleazy bit in the car where he's trying to chat her up and ask her out for a date. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. Very uncomfortable. It's like well, no, no, but then she says yes, doesn't she? I know, well, she sort of does. She doesn't. She because doesn't because out and out say yes. There's the bit, the bit afterwards where they discover the the, the runes. Um, is actually the date. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, he's invited her back to his place for dinner, and, yeah. and they've gone. She's had, and she's yeah. sat there and eaten dinner, <laughs> which I'm sure is not what he meant at all. <laughs> no. He definitely had other thoughts. She, just, I think, she just. But she, thought she, they would have a chat about things o- over dinner. I think they both had different ideas about <laughs> that. Um, but so anyway, there's there's a very good bit where Holden goes back in the hotel and he goes up to the, his floor of, of the room where he is, and there's a very long corridor which suddenly goes very quiet, and then there's this strange sound which he can hear, which appears to be coming towards him. And there's lots of great angles and everything. And they build it up. And this, this, what happens next, is an absolute classic thing from the Val Luton films, which, which Jacques 
Tornier, or however you say his name, has uh, has obviously learned over the years. So it, it builds up this tension with this noise and the fact that the corridor's empty, Holden's all by himself, and then BAM! The door opens and one of his colleagues comes out and goes, oh, well, there you are, and, and they end up going in. Yes. Um, and, and apparently known as a, a Luton bus after the sequence in Cat People where the main character believes she's being followed by a panther. And they build up, ramp up the tension to the point where it's really, really tense. And then a bus comes in and goes, all aboard! <laughs> and, 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 and breaks the tension, but actually makes you jump at the same time. So this is an absolute classic example of, of, of this Yeah, technique. but very widely used in not very good horror films as a kind of as yeah. a, as a jump when there's nothing there before the actual... Like, yeah. I mean, th- th- that's not the case starts. in this, because it, it's not followed by, by an actual scary thing. It, no, no. But, but, and obviously at the time this was made, that wasn't necessarily a cliche, although it was used in uh, a few of the other sort of Val Luton films. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, like, I, quite, I quite like that bit. And, and what, what we've got there is kind of an element of... Um, uh, of a rationalist cracking up under yes, the uh, yeah. the uh, the assault of the paranormal. Yeah. Um, or well, again, <laughs> if you took a turn of the screw kind of approach, it, it, because the point of turn, turn of the screw is is uh, the main character, the um, the governess. You never really know whether they're actually ghosts or whether she's just crackers. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, actually hysterical, which is um, really hard thing to write, and uh, that's exactly the kind of thing that we could have had here. The kind yeah. of tension we could have had here, yeah. and, and and even that this scene would actually no, work but, in that in, that, in those circumstances. But given that we know that the supernatural is all real, this it, it, it wouldn't really work, would it? Well, given that we already know the supernatural is all, all real here, it. it, it that doesn't work, no. no but, but 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 also you you end up going well. Why can't we see something supernatural? <laughs> you know, yeah. I I I think once you once you go with supernatural, it all has to be supernatural. It can't just be a guy opening the door at the end. <laughs> so so I actually think I, I understand that um that, that it's a thing that yeah that, that, that comes from the the um. The RKO horror films, um, but I don't. I actually think it's the wrong thing to do. I think probably you want you need you need something else there. Yeah. And, and, uh, but you know, I don't know whether I don't know whether so, I so, agree. So you know, so sequence that completely goes out of my head because oh, okay. it's just like, just like it's a guy walking down a corridor. So See, I don't, I don't, I don't really agree. Anyway, he goes in and he's with his colleagues and they they discuss. Um, he discusses that this. The sort of tune thing. Although he doesn't say, oh, I was out in the corridor and I heard a weird tune. He starts whistling it. It does sound a little bit like the Doctor Who theme tune at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and, and, of course, all three of his um, multicultural friends. Um, yeah, yeah. The Irish guy, the, the English guy, and, and the Indian guy. Yeah. Who are, uh, you know, various representatives of the Commonwealth? Ireland part of the Commonwealth? No, no Ireland are not no. part of the Commonwealth. So. All right then, but they, they, <laughs> they, they represent fairly 
neither uh, is the United States. Mis- mythologies. <laughs> well, no, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he does But they all... But they all have um, different versions of that tune within their their respective cultural mythologies so that, that, that signify something, so... Yeah, see that's... That, okay, I glossed over this in my head because I didn't like <laughs> I didn't like this sequence. I didn't I didn't think it added anything, and it, and it, it really goes away from what the yeah, M.R. James story is right. doing. But um, this is where they're, they're talking about um, the fact that there's a, a member of Coswell's cult who um, uh, actually has been yeah imprisoned in, in for a murder, but who's actually in a catatonic state because yeah. of the the um, of mental collapse, and and what they want to do as part of their conference is to do a hypnotic, um, re- re- whatever hypnotic regression, um, to to find out uh, what actually happened uh, about the murder. Yeah. Um, and uh, if we we could, could skip, and it's useful because um, uh, when they when they when they do this, the, the guy Rand, his name Rand is, Hobart. Yeah. It's a brilliant name. This is completely <laughs> not for M.I. James, but it's a brilliant no. name. Um, and and Rand Hobart's played by Brian Wald, yeah, who who is an amazing te- television actor uh, from Lost of Summer Wine and Porridge, yeah, um, uh, and 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 other many other sitcoms, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and um, yeah, so he's hypnotised um, quite strangely in front of this studio audience <laughs> at the conference and um, he reveals that um, he, he didn't actually do the murder um, but as a member of uh, the, the, the Coswell cult he had been obviously upset another member yeah. he'd been passed some runes but he'd known to pass it back yeah. so that the other person had um, um so he passed it to Compo, who could well have been, yeah. could well have been Compo or, or Clegg, but we don't see. And uh, but anyway, because they've been they've been torn to pieces by a demon. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this is how that's the miss, it, famous missing episode of Last of Summer Wine. This is how Holden goes. Oh, okay, I've got to give that paper back then to. Um, <coughs> um, I've got to give the paper back to Carswell. Yeah. There's a little bit before that, though. Oh, no, With the seance. Do you want to talk about that bit? Another bit that isn't from Emma James that I didn't like, but but it does emphasize. They go to a. It's Mrs. Carswell. Yeah, who exactly. Trying to, trying, uh, appears trying to, to be trying to help them, and she's lined up um, uh, a seance with, with the. Um, Mr. Meek. Mr. Meek and Mrs. Meek. And. Um, they're a bit of an odd couple, I think. I don't know that they would have much of a marital relationship. They, 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 they but Mr. Meek's the medium. But he's yeah. the medium, and they, he comes in and they start doing a, a seance. They all have to sing, which I believe was quite a common thing in Victorian seances anyway. Uh, singing was quite a common way of starting a seance. Um, <laughs> and then he, he starts making lots and lots of... Uh, Weird noises, and uh, as I was in a trance, <laughs> and um, the, the the childish schoolboy bit of me did think that sounded like he was uh, 
doing naughty things and wasn't helped by um, Mrs. Carswell <laughs> saying that Mr. Meek was a bit quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see where you're going with that now. You, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, um, so, so anyway, we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll move on. But I actually, actually quite like this, this bit, just because uh, Holden thinks it's all hokum and rubbish, and obviously, and um, Meek starts uh, basically speaking in voices of different spirits, and Holden's going, it's all just made up and rubbish, and then suddenly um, Professor, is it Professor Harrington? Was he a professor? Was yeah, yeah, Professor Harrington. Yeah. Uh, a voice comes through, and he starts trying to talk to to his, this is niece. His niece, his niece. Um, and 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 it's actually Morris Denham's voice, so he does appear again. Yeah. So they do a nice little trick where, and it, that's very nicely done, I think. The, the guy um, lip syncs with the various different voices. And, and from well. this scene, there's a very famous music sample. Is there? Yeah, which my my, my wife has this. My my wife is a very big Kate Bush fan. Oh, okay. And um, the, uh, there's, a, there's a clip of Morris Denham saying something like, no, it's coming from the trees. Yeah, it's in the trees. Which um, was sampled on the Hounds of Love. Oh, okay. I didn't realise that. Actually, played it to me. I'll have to, have to re-listen to that. We should have got her on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> she loves all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I quite like that. And uh, I like the whole, it, it's in the trees. Yeah. And I... It, I mean, you could you could cut that scene out. It's not necessary, really, to any of the plot, particularly. But it, it, it for me, that was quite a nice bit. Uh, and it, well, um, Holden thinks because Holden's highly suspicious of um, yeah. Mrs. Carswell, and and, and um, he thinks it's part of the campaign of intimidation. Yeah, how right. how he's explaining to himself or rationalising yeah. you know, the, the um, uh, events he's going through. Um, he he also breaks into the Carswell house, doesn't he? That's after he this. He does. That's after this. Yeah. yeah that's when he realizes when after the bit where he realizes he's got to give the the, the runes back. That's where he decides that he's going to try and do it by breaking into Carswell's house, um, as you do. Um, I th- there's a great there's a great line here where because um, Harrington she's going off to do do. She she's going to do something uh, to go and try and see Mrs. Carswell or stop something else. I don't know. She's she's determined to make her mind up. And there's a great line that um, Holden says where he, he someone's trying to stop him, and he says it's easier to stop Carswell than a woman who's made her mind up. <laughs> hey. Yeah, classic, classic yeah. sexism. <laughs> well, and also, it doesn't help um, I, the, the character of Holden being too likable. No, that's, that, that's true. But when he, when he does break into the um, into the house, he sneaks yeah. into Carswell's study. Um, he's looking for a translation of some book, isn't he? He's looking. Yeah, he's looking for the the books to, to translate. Well, or, or yeah. Carswell's translation. Or the headline here is not that. The headline here. Is ends up fighting a kind of toy leopard. <laughs> it's basically the classic thing which we see in lots of horror films. It's it's another, it's another, it's another those jump things, the, the loot and bust things, and that um, 
Carswell is actually there. I think I think he I think Holden's going there knowing that Carswell's away. Thinking that Carswell's away. Yeah, yeah so yeah. he can do that. But of course, what happens is, is it keeps showing a hand appear. So so Holden's moving in there, and then hand comes into shot, which is obviously Carswell. Uh, and so you, so you're thinking that something's going to happen there, and then bam! It's it's a domestic cat, which they then then um, play down, which then turns into a big toy leopard, which uh, which whips which, his, which, which, which Holden yeah, clothes. which Holden has a has a, a wrestle with, and I think kind of um, oh yeah, prof, we, Professor Leopard wrestling. There's, there's no, could there's be quite there's a no animatronics here. Um, I think there is a shot of an actual leopard, but yeah, um, probably a bit of stock footage. Yeah, uh, but, but, but he, he he's he's pretending to wrestle a couple of toys, basically. Yeah. But there's definitely a bit of a minority sport going on there. I think you can publicise the whole man leopard wrestling. Could be quite interesting. That actually does sound like the sort of thing Sky <laughs> might be interested in. Um, make a note of that. Um, are they? Are they? Oh, they're, 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 then Carswell just turns the light on and goes, "You idiot!" Well, idiot. he comes in. He's actually he's actually really sarcastic, which I like. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the exact words he says, but he, he's he's very sarcastically scathing. Yeah, of Holden. Um, and 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 um, um, says like, "You should go by the by walking up the drive. You never know what's yeah. in the trees." And he's like, "No, I'm going to walk through the trees." <laughs> and, and, yeah, and then. <laughs> Out of nowhere, Holden says, "Yes, no, I'm going to go back through the woods the way I came. It's the one superstition I do have. I'm going to come back out the way I came." So he climbs out the window and goes through the woods, which is just ridiculous. And um, and, and you just think, and he gets, why he gets kind of chased, but by sort of smoke, by smoke and fiery type, not sort of not stuff. actually the demon, but, no. but yeah, he he gets freaked out. Uh, and but by by the end of that. Yeah, he's like, all right, maybe supernatural stuff is a bit real. Yeah. Um, maybe I better do something about it. Probably better give this slip back yeah, properly. Yeah, that's a Carswell. Um, and so then the the big finale is Carswell's run. Yeah, the, he's, he's getting the train to Southampton. He's getting a, he's getting a uh, he's getting a boat out there. Yeah. Um, is is the implication here that that Carswell's actually Starting to get a bit worried about Holden. Well, I think I think Holden that Holden's because Holden knows what he needs to do, and, and it's almost like he's a little bit worried. So he he's he's running away until right. The and for, for me, done. for me, the film is absolutely saved by this ending. Yeah, um, because you, Carswell is scared by this. Yes, point. he yeah. is scared. Yeah, he. I don't think he ever really wanted to serve the runes to to um, Holden. He just had to to protect his position. Yeah. He knows how dangerous it is to do it. Yeah. And he knows how close Holden's getting. Yeah. He's basically running for it. Yeah. And um, then then there's this really tense scene where where, where Holden and uh, uh, Joanna catch up with Carswell on this train in the train yeah. carriage. And they're being uh, polite, polite to each other. Carswell's just trying not to accept anything. Yeah, from well, him. no, because Carswell's firstly trying to um, get the upper hand by by appearing to have he's got um, Harrington uh, hypnotised, and and he's obviously trying to use that as a bit of a threat, which doesn't really sort of amount to anything much. And then yeah, it's that that great scene where where um, he's trying to get. 
uh, Holden's trying to get um, Carswell to, to, to take anything and take things, and, and, and Carswell is is, and, and it's fantastically acted again as well. He's actually really quite scared. You can see the fear in him every time he does mm. th- thinks he, he's refusing to take anything. Yeah. Um, uh, and then after after a series of different things, the police burst in because because um, the, there was a bit earlier on where they went to the police because they oh they they, they, they explained that they were um, had a hex on them and stuff and the police go this guy's a bit loony we better watch him so the police are actually there to try and protect Carswell to protect Carswell yeah but um but it backfires a bit because Carswell is distracted and, yeah. he ex- and then he accepts the coat the coat but, which has the runes yeah. slip in the pocket and so and so basically he's been. Yeah, he's, he's been done, and then he um, the 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 train the train has stopped, so he gets off the train and makes a run for it, basically uh, up the tracks, and then the demon <coughs> appears and behind him. The demon appears, and, and then basically the, the demon gets him, yeah. and then rips him to pieces. Yes, <laughs> and and and, um, and and then then the Coswell's body is. It's then found, yeah. and they were, and then they're like, oh, oh, well, like, they're like the he train. must have been run over like loads of times by the yeah. train. Look at the mess, and then the, one of the drivers goes, "Well, no, he actually didn't hit the train." No, yeah. and then they go, "No, definitely uh, it was yeah. the train." And that's the end. That's, that's basically it. <laughs> um, now let's talk about the, the demon. Okay. Yes. Right. I. Uh, okay. So I. As I think I alluded to earlier, I don't like the. Um, I, I think it would have been worked better if the demon hadn't appeared at the beginning. But I do like the demon at the end. I do now, like the, the, the demon. What I really like about the demon are, are those shots where he's walking towards you. There's something quite oh yeah, yeah creepy yeah, about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the flames, and no, he's, he walks in quite a sort of weird, no, they're, they're sort of, slow-mo that's really, odd really way. Good. You're right, that is really good. And the and close-up even, of the demon. And even though, no, and even though it's, it's, it's obviously a, a little kind of, I, I guess, some sort of puppet or something that they're using, Yeah, uh, it still works really well, and it's still quite creepy. And I think that, that added the, flames. The, the black and white thing. really helps with yeah. that. And, yeah, and, 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 and I think it helps as well that you, you can't see... Too much detail of the demon. I mean, he's quite visible, but you can't pick up on little details. And, and it's only when they do the big headshot bits that you see it. And, and but but I still don't. I don't. I, this gets a lot of stick. Well, I think it's. I actually think it's, For it's fine. I just think it's ridiculous to show it in the first five minutes. Yeah. I, I, but then again, that's that's uh, so that's sort of confirming that's that whole thing. About well, the, I, I, the I, I, is real, I suppose. But yeah, exactly. I, I I think for several reasons, but preserving the mystery, making them the main character more sympathetic. Yeah, uh, yeah. it probably shouldn't be done like that. I say I think it works works as it is, but I, I think I yeah. would prefer it if the demon hadn't been there. However, that there's been, there's there's kind of a. Um, isn't there a feeling that the idea originally was to never show the demon and that yeah. rubbish? Yeah. You've got to see the demon at the end. It's great. But I think the original. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think the original thing. I think um, uh, the director really wanted to just have the the sort of smoke and bits in the woods, and I think that's what they wanted to show and then suggest a, a, a demon. Um, 
but I actually think seeing it, I think I think works Shaq, really well. I, th- I think I think sometimes seeing is believing. Now, now the I, thing I, is, is that there, there's a lot of there's obviously a controversy around this, and that you know. There's, there's, there's groups of purists that think because this should be like the, the Val Luton films where like cat people with no with, with no monster shown and it's all suggestion and all this sort of stuff and a lot of people feel that the uh, the, the showing the monster and especially the close up head bit was imposed afterwards by the executive producer oh. Hal E. Chester yeah that's um now, I did a bit of digging around trying to see if I could find a definitive answer to this, and I didn't really get anything uh, apart from a lot of people saying that it, that it was imposed afterwards. But I found no evidence, that no interviews, no anything that basically said that that, that, that was an actual thing. Um, I, 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 so, I, I'm, so, I'm so convinced that, that this, this, this film was intended to be made in this way. It may not be yeah. the director's original vision, but I think this no. is certainly the way he made it. Uh, I think I think <laughs> it was made under like pressure. I, I, I know, I, I mean, I saw the words yeah. tensions between the director and the producer. I think that that was reported. I think Dane, yeah. Dana Andrews at one point stepped in to defend the director, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Tournaire didn't take his name off it or anything. I don't no. think he was unhappy. I think, and in, in the end it comes out all, all right. And yeah, no, I, 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 but, but it's definitely not something that was filmed after, afterwards and, and then put into the movie, which I, a lot I just, of people I just think. can't imagine, well, it's basically reshoots and I don't, yeah. I don't think that. No. Yeah, no, because after the, after the film was finished, well, you're not you, going to have that, it, are you going to go out and remake the model of the demon? The well, things, at the end, there's a, there's a shot with the, the demon, um, the kind of wide shot of the demon yeah. breaking up um, yeah. uh, Carswell's body um, with, with the trains in the same shot. I mean, how do you make that match what exactly. you've already seen? No, so, no, no. so it, to me, it all flows too well to be something that was added in afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, the weird stuff with Stonehenge, that I could believe was not actually part of it. Yeah, I, I don't know that I necessarily got why that was there and what the significance of Stonehenge was. Oh, I think they just fancy going I think it just looked. I think it probably just looked cool. We haven't even mentioned that yet because it's just not relevant, but there was a, they, yeah. there, there, there's a few shots of Stonehenge. Well, yeah. Well, of course, there's some runes on there which match the runes on the paper, which apparently has some significance that isn't really apparent. Um, and, of course, we know there aren't really runes on the stones at Stonehenge. Yeah, it just. So, I mean, it does. Vandals. Look, Stonehenge does look nice in, in the shot, but and then the, the yeah, um, the uh, casting the runes of the short story, by the way, does end in a, uh, a, a similar way, although um, Carswell doesn't actually die um, right then, but dies on actually after he's got to France, but. But there can be no doubt that it's the runes that did it. Yeah. Um. So I think we've covered. I think we've. we've I think we've covered a. a okay. A lot of the stuff. Well, the only thing we we haven't talked about yet, which I just mentioned briefly, was there was a another version of casting the runes, uh, filmed in the 70s, uh, an ITV. Um, yeah. It was an ITV production, but directed by um, Lawrence Gordon Clark. Right. The uh, 
the uh, director of a lot of the BBC Ghost Stories for Christmas, um, and it's got um, Jan Francis, the hero. She's playing Dunning, right? Basically, the Holden character, <laughs> and um, it's got your uh, your hero Ian Cuthbertson as Coswell, <laughs> and and a personal favourite of mine, Edward Pedderbridge, playing um, um, the the surviving Harrington. Right. Um, it's not particularly good, but uh, it's a done a modern day setting again. Yeah. Uh, but what is interesting about it? Sorry, massive spoilers and gratuitous here because we don't even talk about this <laughs> one. But I like to say that um, at the end, yeah. Um, Jan Francis passes the runes back by uh, um, at an airport. She basically swaps places with um, the checkout girl. Or checking girl. Yeah. And and hands Coswell his plane ticket with the runes right. in. Right. And um and the plane comes down and she's killed like two hundred people. And that's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that is a really good way to change it slightly. Yeah. in um um I don't think Holden in Night of the Demon cares at all that by saving himself he's killed Coswell. No. Okay. But actually, in the um, in the Emma James uh, original story, he does worry yeah. about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he obviously does it anyway. You would, but yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, well, yeah. I guess in Holden's uh, no. other life as a a private eye, I, I, I imagine yeah. he's thumping and shooting yeah. baddies all the time. So yeah. probably, probably, it's just everyday stuff to him. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, but I do, I do, I do recommend. Um, I love M. R. James stories. So I really think they're, you know, I read them for. I, well, I love the TV adaptions, and I've read all the stories, and I was very happy to reread Cost in the Rings again. But it's actually not that typical of an M. R. James story, and that's why yeah. this film is not that typical of an M. R. James adaptation. It's not a ghost story. It's kind of weird magic stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and so it's much more like the Dennis Wheatley thing. Well, I think yeah. <laughs> although although M. R. James did like the odd sort of demon, didn't he? I think type thing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did. He wasn't I mean, all ghosts, no. But in fact, it was different kinds of ghosts. But um, it, 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 by making the uh, actually, doesn't Lost Hearts has. A human villain, and the ghosts are actually sympathetic. Yeah, he did play with it so well. Lost Hearts, by the way, is amazing. I don't That's know. the one with the, the the children, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah the ghost children. Yeah, yeah. but that, that that is scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, let's ask our. Uh, I mean, if you have got anything else to say, we we could. No, no, we haven't got. We've got. We'll, we'll ask the usual three questions yeah. we ask. Uh, first one is: is did did we like it? I. I'm denied, and then yes, I thought the ending was really strong, so I did like it. Yeah. How about you? I absolutely love this film, and it's one of those ones that still manages to have odd moments where it creeps me out, even though I've seen it loads, and it's a really old film. So I've, I've always really liked this. Even allowing for Daniel Andrews. Yep. And, even and allowing for that. Peggy Cummins. Yep. Who got, you did yep. that. Okay. So uh, does it hold up? Difficult. Um, <coughs> I think, yeah, I think dramatically it does. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think I think some of the aspects of it are quite sophisticated for. Uh, it holds up because of Noel McGuinness. Yeah, because of it's, that. It's, but it's, it's the acting and uh, yeah. really holds it up. Yeah. So I think just about. Yeah. And and is it scary? A little bit creepy. It's I don't, the source material. Yeah. Is not even because we talked about yeah. that just now. This source material is not even that scary, so it's not really no. scary. It is a supernatural story, but it's yeah. not really meant to be that scary, I think. It's it's quite... I think, yeah, there are creepy bits, and there's one or two things that could probably still give you a little bit of a jump. But, yeah, overall, it's it's not it's not super scary. But it has a, it has a great atmosphere, I think, and a great... Um, just a good feel to it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I did, I did enjoy it. Yeah, there's, and, and there's the demon, especially when he's he's coming out through the trees or going along the train track, is is genuinely quite a creepy little uh, little little thing and little movement. And it's that, that's I mean, quite, it is. Quite it's, it's a it's a it's a wonderful end to a, a wonderful sequence. What? Yeah. Not. I mean, the first appearance of the demon is not quite as good as that, and the fight with the cuddly toy is I mean <laughs> there, there's an Ed, uh, it, it's an Edward film isn't it with Bella Lugosi's wrestling a, yeah. an octopus that's <laughs> yeah it's, it's that kind of bad <laughs> so um, but most of the most of the, yeah. most of the film is much better than that Every they do try at least to they do do quite a few cuts in, in that scene to try and hide it it obviously doesn't but at least they do it's try just, and mask it a little bit the problem is it's very hard to get some and this is come to think of it probably the drawback with my new show I'm pitching to Sky on the suggestion <laughs> it actually is quite hard for someone to wrestle a, a leopard because a leopard would actually hurt them quite badly <laughs> so yeah. you can't really have an actor and a leopard do that and I mean well you, you, the solution in, in this time would have been um, maybe some kind of Ray Harryhausen kind of claymation. I mean, uh, it, apparently Ray Harryhausen was offered actually uh, oh, okay. a, a, a role uh, on this film, but was busy, couldn't do it, which is yeah. a shame. Um, but it, it um, wasn't an exotic location, so. <laughs> if you ever read any of Ray Harryhausen's uh, biographies or books or anything like that, you'll 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 know that he 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 and and um, various other people involved in the films that he he was involved in uh, quite often made them for the sake of being able to go away <laughs> to, to some hot countries or travel abroad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this isn't his kind of film, really. But no. Would it, but I guess that would have been a way to do it, but it really would have been quite... It's really, I mean, now yeah. you you could do it with CGI and it would sort of work. Previous to that, I just that kind of idea is just yeah. a bad idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. uh, probably we'll do another one of these podcasts. We probably will. Um, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I'm very, very excited that we finally come round to what I've been dying to do since we started. Die, monster, die. With Boris Karloff. Yes. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that. Um, obviously, in the meantime, if you, if you like what we're doing, we, we do appreciate getting feed, your feedback. 
and there's a number of ways you can do that. Um, you can either go on our, our um, Facebook page, which is a very British horror. Just search for us on Facebook and, and leave some comments there. Um, we're on iTunes, so if you like what we do, we'd appreciate a, a review, preferably five stars. Yeah, anything less than five stars, we're not really so interested. Exactly. Um, we're on Twitter at VeryBritHorror. And also, we also have an email address, which is a very British horror at gmail.com. So, 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 yeah, if you want to send us an email of your long essay on on why leopard wrestling would be be a bad idea, then, then yeah, go ahead. Um, and, uh, as soon as we start getting a bit more feedback, we might might actually start adding that to the, the podcast, a little, little bit of feedback or do something with, with it anyway. Would cheetah wrestling work? That would do, yeah, yeah. Any big cat, really. You could you could mix it up because obviously, continual leopards would be a bit boring. So maybe it, maybe it'd throw in the odd tiger. What about an ocelot, or is it too small? I don't know. Scottish wildcat. They're just even things <laughs> out a little bit. I'm actually I'm reading a book. A, there's a, a James Herbert uh, a book I'm reading called Ash at the moment, which I was lent by someone, and um, that has Scottish wildcats um, killing, a, killing a man. They right. gang up and absolutely just rip him to shreds. And um, They're quite vicious. They, they are, but they are just the size of a normal cat. Yeah, they look like a normal tabby cat, and they look quite cute. But, um, and you think, oh, but they're actually, they're actually untamable, apparently. No, they're completely. And they're they're not, even you, from kittens. You you never, they'll never contain. trust no. human beings. Yeah, no. That's true. And um, J- James Herbert has a go at making them scary. But he's never tried to wrestle one. No. Let's probably wind this up now. Well, anyway, that, that's something to say for our spin-off podcast, the uh, a very British wild cat, <laughs> in which we discuss the wild cats of Britain. Um, so look out for that one. Um, and in the meantime, we also have, I forgot to say earlier, we've also got our, our main website, which is a very British horror dot blogspot.co.uk. So you can go there to download episodes as well. And, uh, you can leave comments there um, uh, if you want to as well but yeah give us some feedback but in the meantime I've been Chris Denton and I'm still Paul Monk good night bye bye